Hey guys, this is Mo Sider from the Detroit Rebels. You guys listen to Lockdown Red Rocks. Your Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Today is Wednesday, December 9th, 2020. This is your daily Detroit Red Wings podcast here at the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. I'm your host, Detroit sports writer, Nolan Bianchi. As always, I've got longtime Red Wings fan, Ethan Smith, alongside with me. Ethan, how's it going? Pretty good. And why, in why a you stop moment, calling me the kidney stone kid? I don't. I, I forgot that you still had a kidney stone. Honestly, yeah, I still have it. That's a bummer. When's your surgery? It's moving, so they won't let me have surgery now. That's ah, bummer. Yeah. Um, we've got a great interview interview for you guys today. We've got Helene St. James, uh, longtime Detroit Free Press Red Wings beat writer, and uh, she has a new book coming out. It's called The Big Fifty: The Men and Moments That Made the Detroit Red Wings. It'll make a great gift. We talk about some of the stories in this interview, and then we went a little long. So on Friday, we're going to talk with Helene about uh, the current Red Wings, uh, what the timeline might look like for a season coming up, what are the biggest storylines heading into next season, whether or not some of the young kids over in Sweden might come over after their SHL seasons are over couple of hypotheticals be sure to go check that episode out on friday but for now we've got helene in to talk about her book the big 50 as well uh as some some of the greatest moments in there we talk about steve irishman we talk about gordy Howe, we talk about chris osgood we talk about all of your favorite cast of characters and it's right here at the lockdown red wings podcast we won't waste any more of your time let's just get right to it here she is helene st james there's an old man sitting next to me, making love to his tonic and gin. <laughs> All right, we are now joined by the Detroit Free Press, Red Wings beat writer, author of The Big 50, the men and moments that made the Detroit Red Wings. And I am so honored to have the first question in a press conference featuring her. It is Helene St. James. How's it going, Helene? Welcome to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Thank you. I'm so glad to be on with you. So the Big 50, the men and moments that made the Detroit Red Wings. It's a great book. Came out in October. Uh, will make a great Christmas gift for anybody who doesn't know what to get for dad or your older brother or something like that. Anybody who grew up a Red Wings fan who roots for the Red Wings now and could use an indoctrination on team history. Uh, this will make a great gift for them. So my first question to you, because we've received copies of the books and have had a chance to go through them. What is your elevator pitch for what's in this book and why people should pick it, pick it up? Because I think that that is the, the part, right? Picking it up. Because once they pick it up, they won't be able to put it down. Yeah, so uh, my first chapter is about Gordy Howe. Uh, also, you want to read about Steve. And, but, you know what, to be honest, one of my favorite chapters is the last chapter, uh, Always Look for the Greatness, which is when I interviewed... Um, uh, so, so, so always look for the greatness, Mickey Redmond. And he was, he, and it, that's what his dad taught him. Look for the greatness. And hey, listen, I think we all struggle to look for the greatness <laughs> last season. But 
nonetheless, you know what? Look for the greatness. And I also think it's just a great, um, just, just a great um, take on life in general in this incredibly challenging year of 2020. Uh, let's look for the greatness. So. I agree. Mickey Redmond too, probably like the grandfather of the Detroit Red Wings right now, I would say. Like if, if there had to be like a, you know, if you were just give somebody that label, it's definitely Mickey Redmond. Like nobody doesn't love Mickey Redmond. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, uh, yeah, no, a hundred percent. Right. And you know what, like he's great. I mean, he travels uh, when he travels, you know, he's always, I mean, he's always super positive, you know, and that's what I like about him. And I do think, uh, so if I can change the topic a little bit, uh, you want to talk about grandparents. Like, I think Steve has done such a good job since he, uh, you know, I always think of the great, the, the great title was, do you remember the, the awful movie Superman Returns? So no. that, was when, that was when Steve was named captain, was named general manager in uh april of 2019 right on the on the 19th it, on the 19th of, <laughs> of april 2019 yeah 100 percent. yeah so i noticed and, and you you talked about steve Arzman, I mean, you talked about gordy Howe, obviously legends in the red wings uh history but before we kind of got into that i did because because we got the book in a pdf form so I could like hit control F and search for certain things. Helene, I typed in Darren Helm three different times and hit enter. Didn't find a single notice or, or mention of his name in this book once. Is, are you planning a full book on Darren Helm and didn't want to reuse material? Those pages get stuck together. What happened? Yeah, absolutely. That will be my next book. Yeah, hundred percent. No, you know what? Uh, uh, I mean, so I think you guys, uh, you know, the people who, so what uh like uh i just think there are there's their leadership matters so much to this team and um you know I, i'm not sure where you're going with this question about darren helm but um, i'm just a big darren helm fan i was kind of disappointed that's all yeah but you know what like he he <laughs> he he mattered to the team for a while right like where where was he in oh oh eight and oh nine he was having the greatest penalty kill of all time in Chicago. Yeah. Yep. I think, uh, <laughs> I think somebody else wants to ask a question. Uh, well, I guess we can get into your first uh, two chapters on Gordy Howe and Steve Eisman. You uh, yeah. really detail their personalities and legacies as uh, human beings. We did a greatest Red Wing of all time tournament for our March Madness. We were trying to find some stuff to talk about during the initial shutdown. And uh, what I came to realize... Yeah, which was like 100 years ago, right? Yeah, right. It feels it like feels it. It feels like it. Yes, exactly, <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah, I can't, really came to realize by the time that Eisman defeated Howe in the championship round, we had Eisman winning, um, that they're basically the same person in a different era. Do you, do you agree with that? And really, like, if so, what are some things that strike you about how these two men have established the Red Wings as a world-class organization? Yeah. So, you know what, I, every, anytime I write about Gordy, um, I love it. My, my email box uh, overflows with people saying, Hey, I have all these great memories about an interaction with Gordy. So, and, and with Steve, uh, you know what, like, I think, so to me, the best thing, so the fascinating thing about Steve was, right, so 
the wings did not want him in 1983, right? They wanted Pat LaFontaine mm -hmm. and he, he was a consolation prize for them. And yet, you know, like he became just the face of the franchise. So, um, but, but so I think to, there are just so many people who have great memories of interacting with Steve and Gordy. I think what's interesting too is that like not only I think it's rare in any case for a celebrity or athlete of their stature to not only does nobody ever say anything bad about them but like you yeah. mentioned like they have a great story to go along with meeting them it's never uh it's never like oh yeah I met him he was a pretty nice guy it's like no I met him and he uh, gave me the last $3 in his wallet and uh, told me to call him if I need anything. Like, it's always yeah, you like, know what? like, like one of my top. favorite stories in the book is uh, Mark Howe saying when he and his brother and sister were kids, they knew if they were out somewhere and people recognized uh, their dad, Gordy, they just knew to go off somewhere and play because, because Gordy would not leave until he had signed every last autograph. Like, I just think that's a great, you know, that so, mm -hmm. you know, like to me, like Gordy has always said, or Mark, Mark Howe has always said, uh, his dad uh, was a better person than he was a hockey player. And that's quite a, that's quite a, a, a compliment, right? All right, going to jump in here real quick to remind you guys to subscribe to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast and make sure that when our episode on Friday with Helene comes out that you are able to uh, have that waiting for you when you wake up. Subscribing is the only way that you make sure that you never miss an episode. Uh, also got to talk to you guys today about Built Go. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market, whether you have a mental wall or whether you have a physical wall. That stops you from being as productive as you want to on a daily basis. Built Go will help you break right through it. It's like a five-hour energy without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's natural, so it is better for the body. It's like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine and much better results. They've got three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, chocolate, mint. Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein, which is fast absorbing, so it gets into my system fast. Plus, it is easy on the stomach. I got kind of a weak stomach. This stuff not an issue at all. Built Go is loaded with good stuff to ignite my work. Beta alanine, B3 honey, and a kick of caffeine. Collagen promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. Folks, this stuff literally makes you look better. Ethan, you could use to look better. You should try some Built Go. Thanks. Maybe your hair would stop falling out. All right. Uh, so do yourself a favor, Ethan. <laughs> Listeners at home. Go to BuiltGo.com right now. Use promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, and you'll get 20% off of your next order. That's promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. And I think it's one of the, the kind of main uh, things that sticks out. I mean, you, you read through all these, these chapters, uh, and that kind of seems to be a common thread in a lot of these players, even players that you wouldn't necessarily expect it from. Yeah. You know what? Like, I mean, uh, like with, with all the guys, uh, Gordy, Ted Lindsay, Sedable, um, you know, who used to come into the locker room at Joe Louis arena long after they stopped playing, um, you know, like, like the, the, to me, it was such a great credit of how, much it means to play for the wings that 
um, you know, just just as as bad as they were last season, it still mattered a ton. And so all these older guys who played for the team, you know, I mean, they're like, I don't know. Do you, do you guys ever go into the locker room at yeah. the seasons? Yeah. So you see, you see the pictures, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Uh and kind of going in that same like direction, you met, you brought up Ted Lindsay. Uh, now, unfortunately he passed away. Uh, I believe it was a year or uh, it was like about two or a year and a half ago, something like that. Um, and when he passed, I, I was assigned a story uh, by the news to talk about his uh, kind of his charity work and, and the Ted Lindsay foundation and kind of all that, how that came about. And if anybody hasn't heard this story, I'm sure you've heard this story, but if anybody hasn't heard the story out there before, basically the way the Ted Lindsay foundation was founded uh, was that Ted Lindsay had this trainer, uh, John Zarnecki yeah. and uh, Ted invited John to his birthday party. I believe it was. Uh, and he had him sitting at the table with like Iserman and I, I, maybe Bowman or something like that, but he had him at this really prestigious table. And then he noticed that, John didn't show up. Well, John didn't show up because uh, his son was autistic and he was kind of dealing with a situation. So, uh, you know, Ted said when he saw him the next day, he said, Hey, you didn't come to my birthday party last night. He said, ah, you know, I'm sorry. I was kind of dealing with this. And Ted Lindsay goes, well, what can I do to help? And then a couple steps later, it's the Ted Lindsay foundation. And just like that, that kind of stuff, it, it sends chills down my spine because those people, are once in a lifetime type of people and you have yeah, so many yeah. of them on the sports team like it, it's just it seems improbable that you have such high character in these little groups no and you know they they do the golf outing every uh like well uh let's ex- let's accept 2020 is an exception but they do the golf outing uh mm-hmm. every training camp and uh that, yeah, so absolutely. And I know Dylan Larkin, uh, he was one of the pallbearers at, at Ted Lindsay's funeral. So yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. They, they, they go out of their way, you know, whatever they can do to help. 100%. You also talked about Lindstrom and Konstantinov in the book. Um, yes. Different legacies for sure. But uh, what do you remember about that 1989 defensive class when they came into the league? Yeah, so uh, A... There's never going to be another draft like that, right? 1989. <laughs> they got, so let's just remember. So Fedorov, Lidstrom, Fedorov was uh, fourth round. Lidstrom was third round. Konstantinov was, Jesus Christ, how 11? late did that run? Yeah, right, exactly. And so it was super And Dallas sad. Drake, first rounder. Yeah, no, so nobody, nobody has ever had as good a draft as that. And, and this is what I tell people, like, and I know nobody wants to hear this, but so Steve Eisenman was drafted in 1983. He, did, he waited 14 years to lift the Stanley Cup, and that was with the 1989 draft. When the best, when they had the, when the, they had the best draft in history. And, no, and nobody, and you know what's funny is like, no, no, none of them knew it, like uh, Jimmy DeVolano, none of them knew it at that time. How great a draft that was mm-hmm. so Konstantinov you know what so um the saddest chapter the hardest chapter I wrote in that book was um 
Don't You Leave Me, uh, which was when Slava Fetisov went into Vladimir Konstantinov's hotel room that night after the limo accident and was, and, and so Fetisov, he had lost his, his brother in an auto accident many years before and so. Yeah, that, uh, I mean, that has to be the, I, I would I would say like maybe the defining moment of the Detroit Red Wings like over over maybe the last 50 years because like it was like I I mean and I hate to to use this word but the narrative of it all was it's it's insane when you look back and and you look at yeah. kind of how everything played out and then they win the championship the next year it's it's like breathtaking and extremely extremely saddening the way it played out that it did. Right. I mean, like, you know, finally after 42 years, they win the Stanley cup. And then within a week, you know, they are all holding a vigil at uh, Beaumont hospital and nobody at that time, nobody, nobody knew right away how bad it was, you know, and you can also find this in my book. I mean, uh, Vladimir Konstantinov's wife, uh, you know, they were, they were out walking when, when she was told, when she was called about it. And she's like, and she, she went to the hospital and the doctors were trying to tell her to stay out. And she said, don't you think he wants to hear my voice more than anything else? Oh my so, goodness. Yeah. Wow. yeah. What do you think his legacy would have turned into if he never got in that accident? Do you think he becomes a hall of fame defenseman? Yeah. So, you know what? None of us, uh, so, um, in, <laughs> you remember in, uh, when the wings drafted Moritz Sider, mm-hmm. uh, no names mentioned, but there were more who asked, do you, um, are you into dog racing, sled dog racing, right? None mm-hmm. of us would know that joke except for Uwe Krupp because the wings spent so much time trying to replace Konstantinov. Uh, first, I signed Uwe Krupp, right? And then eventually it went to Chris Chelios. Yeah. Do you, do, do you guys remember Uwe Krupp? Yeah, yeah. And I, it's funny because we actually uh, he played we, like, we interviewed Cider like last games. week. So yeah. I just heard that story last week. I like saw it while yeah. I was doing research yeah. for the interview. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Now, uh, Uwe Krupp played like eight games in four years for them. <laughs> so so my chapter on that or the sub chapter is called mush mush seriously it's awesome it's <laughs> awesome so go check that out i mean if yeah if you uh do. if you missed that part in the book will sergey ever have his number retired tell me right now Helene. break my heart make me feel good with i don't know which I, way we're gonna I, go he here should. he should he should right i mean yes. Aubrey, he, he was one of the best wings to ever play for them uh i think it was a mistake for how he left, but he did leave on his own terms, right? But no, he absolutely should, like, and this is what, right, so Christ, what are we in? 20, uh, 2020, let's just wipe out 2021. Uh, we'll go to 2021, 22, 2022. Yeah, let's, let's, let's raise his number in 2022. All right. I love it. I can get down with that. I also I think I, I've had a theory that ever since Steve Eisman came back, it kind of increases the odds of, of that happening as well. Yeah. You know what? I mean, uh, Sergei, 
Sergey, like there were some bad um, feelings left with how you remember he the holdout he signed he signed the um, he you remember in 1998 he signed the yeah. with 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 um uh uh what was that um with with Pete Kamanos, right so there were some bad feelings but I honestly I to me he's one of the best Red Wings to ever have played the game and. 100% his number should be his number should be up there. In the chapter on Ozzy, you mentioned him tying Dave Lewis's shoes together. Um, yeah. We've had, we've heard a lot of stories um, about how much of a prankster he is. Have you seen any Ozzy pranks firsthand? Oh gosh. Yes. Back when he used to play. I mean, yeah. You know, like now he, he's what a part of uh fox sports um yeah TV yep. show. so you know you know but back when he used to play absolutely i mean like he, he was he, uh chris was one of those people i always walked away from laughing because he, <laughs> if if you could just hear him because he was such a damn soft talker and i this is in my book as well so kurt maltby told me so did you guys uh ever watch seinfeld oh yeah oh I yeah love seinfeld. yeah yeah so, so do you remember when the episode where he ended up wearing a pirate shirt? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, so that was Chris Malpin's joke that uh, between between Chris Osgood and um, Brad Stewart. Do you remember the defenseman Brad Stewart? Oh yeah, I yeah, yeah I yeah. love Brad. Nobody Stewart. could hear, it. and so you would be like, oh yeah, yeah. I don't know what I agreed to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they, they because they were both such soft talkers. Yeah. What are some other pranks you've seen on, on teammates over the years? Any, any personal favorites? Well, you know what? Like, uh, I mean, Chris Draper used to be uh, a great guy um, for any time on their birthdays, uh, shaving cream, you know, but like, I don't, I just, I, I don't think they do it as much anymore. Um, yeah. Unfortunately. I just remember like during the uh, I remember when HBO first got the 24 seven series for the NHL, like road to the winter classic. I think yeah. the first one they did was penguins and capitals. And in that one, uh, Mark Andre Fleury is like, no, nah, I'm not feeling well. Like you guys go out to dinner. Uh, I'm going to hang back and just get some food here. And then when he's gone, uh, he like goes into the rookies rooms and he moves all of their furniture out into the lobby or, or like the hallway and stuff like that. And they couldn't even get into their rooms. I just wish like we could see a little bit more of that going on from time to time. Yeah. You know what? I totally agree. Like to me, part of what makes um, sports so fabulous is just seeing them behind the scenes, scenes mm -hmm. right? Like just seeing them like, Hey, uh, so one of my, one of my favorite stories was just, um, Oh gosh, this was a hundred years ago. Just like talking about, um, how their favorite Christmas movies, right? And every one of them was Elf or uh, <laughs> Christmas Vacation. And, you know, like they, they were, I, and I asked them, what, what's your favorite scene? And they were like, oh, when, uh, when, when Elf says, oh, your name is, um, what's the name? Uh, Francisco. Uh, Francisco, yes, Francisco. Um, and Cousin Eddie from, yeah. Right. So, yeah. So, absolutely. Yeah.
All right, that seems like a uh, pretty good place to cut off the interview. Big thanks to Helene St. James for joining us. I really enjoyed uh, hearing her perspective on things. And what she said about Gordie Howe, too, is like something that whenever we talk about Gordie Howe, anybody who was like around him has the same story about everybody they know having a great story about Gordie Howe. Do you have a Do you have a story? I don't have a story about Gordie Howe. We do. Have, we have a story about Ted Lindsay. I mean, we didn't. We didn't really necessarily meet him, but we walked past him. Yeah, that was. Uh, yeah, I think we've said we've told that story before. I just remember the one time that we were at. I was at a at the Joe, uh, when I was a kid, watching the Wings with my family, and just like right at that main entrance, he was signing his book, and like I didn't know, mm-hmm. my family didn't know. And like we walk in, there's a crowd of people and like he just stood up from the desk. You could just see him tower over people. And it was like, you know, like the anime, like, oh, when yeah, like the light yeah, yeah, yeah. shines mm-hmm. brighter. It was, that's what it was like for me. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, so we'll get into some, some more current Red Wing stuff uh, on Friday. Also going to close out the week with a how do you feel about it Friday. We've done – we. we might not always put these episodes out on time, but I tell you what, we're going to – we put them out on time this week. And uh, I'm feeling pretty good about it. So I know. Back on track, baby. Back on track. We'll see you back here on Friday. Same time, same place. It's your team every day. Your Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.